The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. James Freeman on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report as we gear up for the farmers' demonstration outside the Parliament here in Wales tomorrow. I have to say that watching scenes of farmers breaking through police barriers in Brussels and other parts of Europe is incredibly inspiring. Um, the mainstream media is saying this is all about farmers being under pressure from rising material costs and bureaucratic costs related to climate policies. But you and I know it's much bigger than that. Make no mistake, this is a battle between the globalists and their Agenda 2030 plan and the rest of us who don't want to live under United Nations tyranny. It is Tuesday the 27th of February 2024. I'm your host, James Freeman. And I have another packed show for you today. Um, today's show will start with two guests live from Israel. Um, I'm hoping it'll be two guests live from Israel. We are having um, issues getting hold of Ofer Kasif. It does make me wonder if Mossad are listening in and causing lots of problems, because this isn't the first time we've had problems getting hold of um, Ofer. But hopefully, if the technology works, we'll, have, we'll be hearing from sitting MP in the Israeli Knesset, Ofer Kasif, who'll be talking about his impeachment vote in the parliament last week and the current state of the conflict. We'll also hear from UKIP's um, leadership frontrunner, Lois Perry, who is in Israel at the moment, meeting up with members of the Knesset and visiting hospitals. I expect we'll get two very different views um, of the conflict from Ofa and Lois. Um, you all know what my view is, um, and that is what happened in October was a crime against the Israeli state and the Jewish people. And yes, I accept that Israel has the right to defend itself. However, what Israel has done since October cannot be described as a defense of Israel. You cannot bomb and kill nearly 30,000, yes, 30,000, three zero thousand civilians, um, the majority of which are women and children, civilians that have nowhere to flee the bombing. You cannot do that and then say it is all done in the name of defending Israel. Hearings at the International Court of Justice concluded yesterday, talks that were convened to discuss what the UN's General Assembly has described as Israel's violation of the Palestinian people's right to self-determination. And of course, there is also that case in the ICJ regarding accusations of genocide against the Palestinian people. All of this while Israel is preparing for further ground campaigns in Gaza. I sincerely hope that these court cases and the world's attention now on Israel will put pressure on it to halt the conflict. And I'll be interested to hear what both of my guests um, today have to say on the matter. We know what Ofer will say. He will call for an immediate ceasefire, but I'm interested to know what Lois will say. Um, I'll also be joined by Stan and Dan from the Voice of Wales in the final segment of the show today. Stan and Dan will be outside the Welsh Parliament tomorrow for the farmers' demonstration. So we'll hear from them on the plight of the farmers and what they expect tomorrow.
Now, some are expressing disappointment that Welsh farmers are not acting more aggressively like their European colleagues. I take a slightly different position, however. The Welsh farmers know that they need to keep the public on side, as while the French public are used to militant behaviour um, from farmers, the Welsh people are not. Um, the farming issue um, also hasn't really been covered at length in the Welsh press. Um, so tomorrow is much is, is much about raising awareness within the public about the farming issues and the fact that farmers are angry and politicians aren't listening. As it is, it's just about as much as about that as it is sending a message to Welsh Labour. Farmers also want to engage with the politicians, meeting between farmers. We heard from Steve Evans this week um, that meetings with Welsh Labour government have been gone going this week, even though he also said that they keep on changing the goalposts. And so it is important that the farmers don't scupper those talks prematurely via militant action. We may very well see an escalation of action by Welsh farmers in the future, though. But I think it's important to exhaust all political options first and also inform the public of what is happening. That way, the public, the wider public, not just as freedom fighters, will support action if the politicians refuse to listen. And tomorrow's show of numbers in Cardiff will certainly give the Welsh Labour government something to think about. There will be, they will be under no illusions what will happen if they ignore the concerns of rural communities in Wales. Mark Drakeford has had a taste of what is to come if he continues to stick two fingers in his ears, and tomorrow's demonstration will solidify that message to him. 10,000 angry farmers outside your place of work will do that. Um, regardless, I don't think that Welsh Labour are going to listen to any of this. Um, Welsh Labour's Alan Davies, he's a member of the Parliament here in Wales, called those supporting farmers cranks. Yep, yeah, I'm a crank. We're all cranks for supporting farmers. He actually said that on X this morning. Um, I called him out for it and said, what the hell are you talking about? Um, uh, to which he blocked me on X. What a buffoon what an absolute buffoon and of course this comes um you know less than two weeks um away from mark drakeford saying that the farmers predicament is their fault for for voting for brexit when there's no evidence that farmers on mass did vote for brexit and so what wales as a country voted to leave the european union so um up yours mark um and welsh labor uh, they really can do one I don't get the impression they're going to listen to farmers at all. Um, they didn't listen to the public on the 20 mile an hour speed limit. So I think this could tomorrow is the message to politicians. I think we could see an escalation in the weeks to come. I'm going to be there for TNT tomorrow, capturing events, doing interviews and supporting the farmers. So keep an eye on X, please, and other social media platforms from TNT and my account. Um, I'll be, like I said, sharing content from there. So please make sure you share that. Um, do your bit to support TNT and the farmers. If you want to get in touch about anything on the show, email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And as always, 
um, I would encourage you all to get involved in the conversation. Head over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman, and this is the Freeman Report for today's News Talk TNT. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello, Gemma. Hello there, James. Big day for you tomorrow. Yes, out and about, our roving reporter on the ground bringing us the latest from the Welsh farmers. Growing, uh, growing numbers around the world with the farming protests. And of course, it's great just to have somebody right on the ground in the thick of it. And of course, they're not listening. Just it's interesting. I rose yeah. a rise, rise, rise smile there. I was thinking, of course, they're not listening because these are globalist policies. 20 mile an hour speed zones are globalist policies to stop you driving your car. The farming agenda is obviously a globalist policy, as we're seeing from the kickback from farmers right around the planet. So uh, you go and you report right back with the real truth about the agendas that are happening and the kickback against them, which is what's so good about all this. There is now this huge global kickback. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, it's political as well. They do. I do have some skill in the game. Um, I was an MEP for Wales, um, you know, and they don't like me here. Um, but, you know, hey, um, it's a democracy. I don't think this is the problem, I think, with Welsh Labour in, in, in Wales. They think they have a God given right to rule the country. Um, I mean, to be fair to them, they have been in power for 100 years, pretty much dominating politics in Wales, in the councils and over the last 20 years or so in the parliament. But one day that is going to come to an end. And I got a sneaky feeling this could be the start of it because um, they literally have just got their fingers in their ears. They've riled up the farmers by blaming them for their for their predicament by voting for Brexit. And now Alan Davies calling um, everybody who's supporting the farmers cranks. I mean, what kind of, I mean, it's a suicide note as far as I can see, because, you know, we all support the farmers. Everybody does. It's not just the freedom fighters. Everybody knows that the, how important the farmers are. They feed the country. So we're all cranks. Well, it's interesting. I think this is uh, Labour's last gasp because Rishi Sunak appeared with the farmers, didn't he, on Friday, addressing the Welsh farmers, saying, look, Labour in Wales has let you down. If you vote Conservative, I, we will we will hoist you up. Uh, I wouldn't set any store by those words at all. But Rishi Sunak saw fit to travel to Wales and speak to the farmers directly last Friday, clearly seeing that the Labour uh, stronghold which, as you rightly say, has been there for decades, um, is is crumbling. Uh, whether they trust Rishi Sunak any more than they trust anyone in establishment now, the farmers, uh, remains to be seen. But he, he took the trouble to go all the way there. He took the trouble to speak to them directly. He took the trouble to address them. He said, Labour's let you down. We won't. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and we are, um, TNT is in touch now with the leadership um, of the Conservatives in Wales. Um, we're hopefully going to get somebody on the, the Freeman Report at some point over the next week to hear what they have to say, because actually um, three the three names that have been put forward, the leader um, of the party and two others, um, they're all farmers themselves. They've got their own farms, so I'd love to hear from them. So if you're watching, please do come on the Freeman Report. Let's talk about how the Welsh Labour Party is calling the public cranks and just ignoring the concerns, very valid concerns of our farmers. Absolutely. Well, on to the breaking news story of uh, of today, which has just happened in the last half an hour, and that is the ongoing uh, saga with the post office scandal here in the UK, the Horizon scandal, the IT glitch that led to loads of sub postmasters and mistresses being accused of theft and being convicted, being put in prison, and some people very tragically taking their 
own lives. Today, evidence is being given at uh, the Business and Trade Select Committee in the Houses of Parliament in London, and the Director of the Business Resilience and uh, and Trade Department, who's in charge of the compensation scheme now for wrongly convicted uh, postmasters and mistresses, he has said in the last hour that the amount of money to compensate the post office victims will exceed the one billion pounds that's already been set aside. He said it's going to go far beyond that. Now, some of the cash for this will come from the sale of the post office's uh, telecom business arm. They've sold that off, but a lot of it is still going to come out of the taxpayer's pocket, you and me and everyone else in the UK that ostensibly pays taxes for things that we don't want. But I think I think there's a lot of people who would not argue that in this case, it's absolutely warranted. And these poor victims of, of miscarriage of justice, probably the worst the UK has ever seen, do deserve this money. Uh, 478 victims of this group action headed by the postmaster Alan Bates are expected to claim compensation and the compensation claims are further expected to escalate as more convictions are quashed. More convictions that have been waiting in the wings for years and years and years to be overturned do get overturned as a result of the recent television drama and all the furore it is a uh, Cause Alan Bates himself, the leader of the campaign and the group action, is due to give evidence himself uh, over the next hour or so. Be very interesting to see what he has to say. But yeah, this one billion—it's going to go way beyond that. Could even be double, uh, and it's dependent on the number of convictions overturned. And he says this morning, uh, the the, the uh, director of business resilience, it will have to all be discussed with the treasury. Of course, the tragedy is James that so many people have either died. Uh, since that these convictions were made or taken their own lives due to the shame of being wrongly accused of theft and let's not let's not forget this was all down to a computer glitch a computer system which many knew was wrong but it was computers it was ai wrongly modeling uh, financial figures that led to all of this a cautionary tale for the future i wouldn't warrant but it's even so it's an eye-watering sum most of which will come out of the taxpayer's purse yeah, you say most of it. So obviously Fujitsu is the contractor. They've got a lot to do with this. I mean, it was their faulty system in the first place. And of course, you know, we know that there was a cover up. Um, they had to be involved in that cover up, given it was their system. Um, why shouldn't they pay? What, what, what's the plan um, in terms of sharing that cost? They have been they have been told they will have to share the cost. The figures haven't been made specific. Um, and, and they're talking about the, the telecom business arm of the post office being sold off. Uh, that will form part of the compensation package. But certainly the taxpayer will be funding a, a chunk of it. Um, we don't know how much yet because we don't know the final figure. We know it's going to be more than a billion. We don't know how much more than a billion. This is what the, the director of business resilience is saying today. It will be more than the billion we've already estimated. Well, we know government models, they're never that accurate. It could go way beyond that. That's the evidence that's been given this morning here in Parliament. Yeah. If there's something about government, when they say a figure, always add at least, well, sometimes you can double it and triple it, uh, and then you get a fair figure. Um, Gemma, I'm, I'll, I'll say the last word on this. Um, look, I think it's right that we compensate these people, even if it does have to come out of the public purse. Personally, I'd like to see Fujitsu pay it, even if it means they go bust. But, and I'll say this, this is the last word, people need to be prosecuted over what happened. There are people, very senior people, um, you know, that knew exactly what was going on. They continued to cover this up whilst people were being taken through the courts, having their houses taken off them. People committed suicide over this because their lives were ruined. 
to think that there's not going to be any criminal prosecutions over this is um i i sincerely hope they are and also you know let's not see some scapegoat from fujitsu i want to see the government the government representatives the people in the post office the senior people who knew what was happening i want to see them in the courts and i'm sure most of the people that have been affected by this want that as well that's my final word um Thank you very much, Gemma. Um, obviously, we've got the farmers' protest tomorrow, so we'll be talking all about that tomorrow. Right. Okay, the rest of you. Um, we're going to try and go over to Ofer Kasif, live from Israel now. Um, we have had a few technical issues, but I think we've got him on the phone. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman, right here on TNT Radio. TNT's Jason Alborn. Donald Trump today defeated Nikki Haley in South Carolina, some 61 to 39% in that primary event there which almost secures him the obviousness that he's going to be the Republican candidate and Nikki Haley as many might know was the governor of South Carolina and she couldn't hold that state and yet she persists in hanging in there almost white anting the system and just being one of those hands that looks like she's representing the globalist interests rather than the interests of the people who are supporting the Republicans which is anything but pro-establishment. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk. TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Well, I'm delighted to say we've definitely got Ofer Kasif, um, who is obviously a sitting member of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. Um, hello, Ofer. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Liverpool won, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I used to support um, Liverpool because I went to university there for four years. But I, I've got two kids now, two cats, a wife um, and a radio show as well. So I don't get a chance to watch much football these days. Um, <laughs> Ofer, you've obviously been on the show before. We know your stance on the conflict and everything. We will talk about um, what the latest is on the conflict in a minute. But um you had a bit of an event um, last week, didn't you? I mean, I know that um, Israel likes, like all democracies, likes to vote, but you had a slightly different vote for you last week in the parliament, didn't yeah. you? Tell us all about it. Well, there is an, an anti-democratic uh, law that was enacted on in uh, 2016, which allows a majority of 90 members of the Knesset out of 120 uh, to uh, expel another member of the Knesset, provided that a uh, member uh, is accused, uh, uh, it's supposed to be justly accused to some extent, in either uh, supporting racism or supporting uh, armed struggle or terrorism against Israel. So uh, following my uh, signature on a petition in support of the appeal of South Africa, to the ICJ to investigate the ongoing in uh, Gaza and a calling to stop the war and the bloodshed, uh, I was accused by a member of the Knesset uh, in uh, 
supporting arms struggle against Israel, which I defined as an Orwellian, you know, uh, <coughs> position, given that uh, we all remember from 1984 that uh, one of the, oh, the, uh, the significance uh, or one of the characteristics uh, of the reality in 1984 is uh, that uh, liars are are, are, uh, grasped as the the truth and vice versa, war is peace, Uh, lies uh, is truth, etc., etc. And, you know, a petition that calls for uh, against bloodshed and to stop the war made some people accusing me in supporting armed struggle, which is ridiculous. So they tried to expel me given that. That is um, a, a stretch, isn't it? Um, armed struggle for signing a petition. Um, just out of interest, um, Ofa, obviously you won the impeachment. You're you're not going to be impeached. Was the reason that you were successful is because actually the accusation in the first place didn't hold water, or was it actually mm-hmm. because um, you think your um, the parliamentarians in the Knesset actually think that they shouldn't be expelling their colleagues? Which which do you think it is? Unfortunately, you know, eighty six uh, members of the Knesset did vote to impeach me which uh, uh, points to the terrible situation that the parliament and the Israeli society is in because everybody everybody knows that there was no case. The uh, legal counsels of both the government and the Knesset said, you know, on professional grounds, that there was no reason to impeach me and that in my signature on this uh, petition and even some other stuff, there was nothing that maybe cause anyone reasonable to infer that I support uh, armed struggle against Israel. It was from the very beginning a populist political motivation on part of those who wanted to impeach me and still want. But the fact that 86 out of 120 still voted against me, uh, as I said, shows that uh, democracy is not exactly the main thing that characterizes the Israeli parliament, to say the least. And those who didn't vote against me or to impeach me, the, the most of them simply you know, uh, went out of the plenum and refrained from voting, uh, which uh, I consider to be another, you know, part or another uh, uh, example of the undemocratic uh, character and political culture that dominates current Israel. They did so not because of me. They did so, at least uh, most of them uh, gave the excuse uh, that if they going to they were going to impeach me, the Supreme Court will revoke that decision mm. and will actually put me back in the Knesset. And that they didn't want two things to happen following that one: that I shall come back to the Knesset as a hero, uh, you know, persecuted by uh, by uh, the state of Israel, as they said. And secondly, they didn't want the extreme right to manipulate it and use it again against the Supreme Court. But uh, as I said, and I finished by that, they didn't vote uh, against the impeachment apart from one. They simply disappeared, which I consider to be very undemocratic and illiberal. Yeah, it's quite worrying that 86, and obviously that was very close to the line. You're saying that 90 had to vote for it for for you to be impeached. 
Ofa, um, you know, we're also aware as well as this the, these shenanigans here. Obviously, you've been had um, temporary bans from the parliament as well for calling for a ceasefire. But we also know that the Israeli government were trying to change the constitutional law in Israel last year. There were big protests um, early in the year across Israel, which put a halt to most of the changes they wanted to make. They did get some through. And of course, the changes they wanted to make were to put the Supreme Court in handcuffs in, in the sense of limiting um, the how the Supreme Court could potentially overturn decisions that the government had made if they deemed them unlawful. It's, cause it, uh, it's I've wondered for a while, what, what kinds of things do you think the Israeli government wanted or think they might need to do in the future that the Supreme Court will try and overturn? Because we've never, ever seen the Supreme Court overturn basic laws that the government has passed. So it does beg the question, what do you think the government was planning to do that they thought the Supreme Court might um, stop them? I think that the last time we were chatting, I told you about the so-called subjugation plan by Smotrich from 19, uh, uh, from 2017, when he was a member of the Knesset. And as I said then, the, the subjugation plan consists of uh, three main components. First, annexation of the Palestinian-occupied territories without granting basic rights to the Palestinians. That is to say, a clear-cut official apartheid system. Secondly, those Palestinians who are not going to accept their lot are going to be deported. And thirdly, those Palestinians who are going to resist are going to be killed. That was the end of the so-called uh, judicial reform. That was a coup. Judicial reform is a sugar-coated term. But uh, it was a coup that the government tried to carry out. And uh, But this coup, uh, weakening the and the actually, you know, uh, totally... Uh, canceling the power, the independence of the Supreme Court was not the end. It was a means to materialize, yeah. to realize the subjugation plan. But you can see that this coup is still on. Instead of using the uh, so-called, again, the sugar-coated term of the judicial reform, they simply use the uh, smokescreen of the war in order to pursue with the same ends. Now, they use the terrible carnage that Hamas committed that should be condemned, you know, 1,000%, yeah. not 100, uh, 100, but they use it cynically as an excuse to carry on with this fascist, racist plan, the subjugation plan. And they use the smokescreen of the war in Gaza to carry on with, uh, with that. So the end is still there. The means are, are different. Yeah, very, very worrying. Because, um, Ofo, we're going to take a quick break now. Stay where you are, because um, I, I've got a few more questions on where we are sure. now. We've obviously heard the ICJ, the International Court of Justice. There's two cases, um, one that um, I think finished yesterday, which is all about the occupation. And, of course, we've got the accusations of genocide as well. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on where you think we are at the moment. So, um, And if you're watching, don't go anywhere. Stay right with us here on TNT. Here's what's making news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. France has announced a new coalition which will supply Ukraine with longer-range missiles and has refused to rule out sending ground troops into the country. 
Beijing has warned Washington's latest round of sanctions against Russia and its partners, including China, threaten the world order. And Sweden will become NATO's 32nd member after Hungary's parliament ratified the Nordic nation's application to join the military bloc on Monday. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Right, Topher, we've actually got a UK um, politician, um, Lois Perry, um, who's on next. She's actually in Israel at the moment meeting with Israeli politicians. I think she's going to give us um, a different view um, to your view, which, by the way, I, I agree with your view. You're not speaking out against Israel. You're actually speaking up for Israel, as you've said before, because you think that if is if there's no peace, then Israel loses and Palestine um, loses. It's not a zero-sum game. Um, Ofer, very, very quickly, we've got about two or three minutes. What is your assessment of where we are now? I I, I can tell you what I hope. I'm very I, I'm afraid that uh, this crazy government led by Netanyahu is interested only in his own way, you know, good. And he, the only thing that drives him is being out of prison. I'm afraid that he's going to uh, sacrifice, as he's, he's been doing thus far, not only thousands and thousands of innocent Palestinians, but also Israeli soldiers and the hostages. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't care about their lives. He's ready to sacrifice them on the altar of his own freedom and the survival of his own government. So he's ready even to invade or, or attack Rafa, which going to the death toll the, is going to be immensely or uh, terrible. And I'm afraid of that. And I'm very, uh, I cannot say I'm disappointed, but I'm very furious at uh, the, the international community and mainly at the, the United States that don't do anything to stop the madness is, as you said before, it's for the it's for the good and the benefit of all people in this land, Palestinian Israelis as well, Arabs and, and, and Jews. Uh, we uh, I'm, I'm eager to see peace between us, but because that's the only thing that will uh, promise our future and the government sacrifices us. Exactly. Um, uh, absolutely on the, on the nail there, Ofer, because of course, you know, we haven't seen that escalation that people are worried about yet, but there are lots of Arab nations um, around um, Israel that if this thing really does go much further, I, I cannot see how the United States will stop escalation of, of this war. Um, Ofer Kasif, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Ofer, for joining me today. Um, keep on doing the brilliant work you're doing, by the way, and being a voice for freedom. Thank you. In, in the Israeli Knesset, and we'll have to get you back on soon. Thank you, Ofa. Lovely. Thank you so much. Right. Okay. We're going to bring in Lois Perry now. Um, so um, Lois is actually in um, Israel at the moment. She's meeting with um, Israeli politicians, um, and I believe she's also done a tour of some hospitals as well. So, um, Lois, are you there? Hello. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good. And you look like you're either, is that a coach in the background? Yeah, so I'm on um, a, di well, a diplomatic tour of Israel and I'm on the coach. I've thrown everybody off <laughs> so that I can... <laughs> yeah. Fantastic, I love it. So you've had to stop the coach and get everyone off just for this interview. Brilliant. Oh, okay. um, this is Lois. No, no, 
more important than you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. TNT, uh, of course. Um, Lois, um, why are you there? What are you trying to achieve? Right. Well, I've, I've come over to show my solidarity with the Israeli people, but also to um, to, to do just a fact-finding mission, you know. It, it's very easy to, to make judgments or, or, you know, decisions on, on what you think is going on in England. But when you come to the place where it's actually happening, when you speak to people, I mean, I've spoken to people on both sides of the argument since I've been here. I was with um, the deputy um, British ambassador, Israel, um, you know, to Israel this morning, you know, and, and I had a bit of an argument with him about uh, Lord Cameron's position and our position, you know. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, and it's not cut and dry. Yeah, I mean it's a good thing, obviously, going to the to to the um the source and, and getting information. But um it's all very one well, one thing being in Israel. Are you gonna go to um Palestine at all and meet any of the, the Palestine Authority? Well, it's interesting that you say that. It's too dangerous to do that at the moment. But we will be going and and we're very close to actually as I speak to you now to the to the Gaza border. Um I'm going to be meeting um injured soldiers today, um Israeli IDF soldiers, but there I'm going to be actually going to the kibbutz as well where the kibbutz is where where this happened where the atrocities happen. But you know, it's not all one-sided. It it, it isn't all one-sided, uh, but I must say, you know, having um, having spoken to, um, as I say, the Deputy British Ambassador to Israel today, having spoken to a member of the Knesset who I had a private one-on-one -on -one with yesterday, um, you know, it, 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 Israel has a right to exist and it has a right to defend itself and, and anyone that says that it doesn't, you know, the, the Jews haven't got anywhere else, James. This is it. Yeah. It's a song. Wales, right? There's Muslim countries all over the world. There's Christian countries all over the world. You know, there's agnostic countries all over the world. This is all they've got. And they're going to fight. They're going to they're gonna defend it to their last breath. And do you know yeah. what? I, I do not blame Lois, them. I, yeah, Lois, absolutely agree 100%. I think Israel has got the right to defend itself. I think most people agree with that statement. But do you think that Israel has got the right to kill um, nearly 30,000 innocent civilians, most of which are women and children. Do you think that that can be defended um, as an act of defence for civilians that have got nowhere to run from the bombing? Well, that's not entirely true because actually Gaza does have a border with Egypt, which is an um, an, an you know a Muslim country. So, we sh why are we not having a go at Egypt? Why are we not okay, criticising? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point, Lois. Um, Egypt have obviously refused to open the border. But but still, if Egypt is... Hang on, hang on, hang on, two seconds. If Egypt is refusing to open the border, and it does, the the, the, the result of that means that, that the populations can't escape the bombing, is it right that Israel continues to bomb innocent civilians? Okay, so would you, would you have said this, James, to Winston Churchill? Would you have said, right, you really need to measure your response against Hitler because, you know, it, it, there are civilians being killed. Um, it, you know, it's a bit much. Why shouldn't okay. Israel defend itself? It's got to take yeah, out no. Hamas. It does more to prevent civilian deaths than, than any other country. You know, in terms of the ratio, I, look, I know you shouldn't talk about human lives in terms of ratios, but 
you know, nearly 100% of Palestinians um, at, at Gaza in particular support Hamas and think that the October 7th um, uh, tragedy, they think that the October the 7th um, tragedies were, were fantastic. You know that, don't you? They think it's great. Um, well, they I... Wanna... I, I, I I don't live there. That's not what I hear from other people, but I can't say from, you know, my hand on my heart that that's definite because I haven't been there. But just just in terms of responding to your um, question on Churchill, well, for me, that was very, very different because I think the um, we had two armies um, and actually the carnage on both sides was equal. This is a very disproportionate fight because, yes, what the Palestinians or what Hamas did um, to Israeli citizens was absolutely terrible. Um, but when you look at the numbers of people here and the proportionality and also the disproportionate sort of military force here, you have to question what's going on because Israel is the one in charge here. Israel um, is the one with a huge army with, with Western weapons, um, with Western weapons funded by the US um, and against a very small Hamas force. Absolute and utter nonsense because it, I love you to bitch, James, but I don't agree with you at all. Iran is funding Hamas. They, they've found um, evidence that the, the weapons they're using are from China, um, that they've got possibly even Russian involvement. So, no, this is not all little poor Hamas against Israel. It really, really well, is. Well, no, that's not, that, Lewis, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, though, at the end of the day, because look, I, I've got no time for Hamas. They're criminals, they're terrorists. Yes, Israel should go and get them. But is it right, hang on, is it right to use 30,000 civilians as a battering ram in order to get to Hamas? That's the question. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, absolutely right. Every civilian death is a tragedy, and I'm not saying that an Israeli life is worth more than a Hamas. Uh, sorry, a, a Palestinian life. But what I am saying is, Hamas are the people that should be blamed for this, not Israel. Israel goes out of its way to avoid civilian deaths. There's a big difference between a bomb dropping on a house and a child being killed, and someone putting a baby in an oven whilst it's alive. James, there is a big, big difference, and. <laughs> They're gonna they're, they're gonna defend themselves to the hilt. This is all they've got. Look at what the Jews have been through. You know, this is they've got yeah, they've got no. a little band the size of Wales. Okay, and we're saying, oh, you know, it's a bit disproportionate. If you were Jewish, you wouldn't be saying that. You know, if you were even Jews in London at the moment, you know, they feel like their their lives are in threat. Loads of people are thinking of moving to Israel. Funnily enough, I felt safer in Israel than I have in London. You know, it's um. If we'd had this happen to us, James, you and me, I don't know, I'm a Christian, I don't know if you're a Christian, if we'd had this happen to us in England, yeah, that hostages still still taken, um, but, you know, all those deaths, would you be saying, imagine, imagine Scotland did this to us. Well... How would we respond? Well, we wouldn't be there's a good... Well, actually, Lewis, there is a good precedent, actually. We're talking about Northern Ireland. If the UK government, because of the bombs that the, the IRA set off, went and just killed loads of civilians, there would have been outrage, even though the IRA were killing um, um, people from, from the UK and they were sending off bombs. So I think, actually, your point there um, is fairly hollow, actually.
Well, I don't think that at all, because if you actually, but uh, the IRA just wanted to have a united island, right? They wanted to have independence for Ireland from us, right? Okay. It's completely different. If you actually read the elected government of, of, of Gaza, Hamas's um, manifesto, it says to wipe out Israel and to wipe out all Jews across the entire planet, right? Okay, so uh, I, I, I can't remember a statement from the IRA the same as that. Plus, the the um, the IRA would plant bombs. Yes, there would be kids that got killed, but they weren't raping, weren't putting babies in ovens, okay? It's completely and utterly different. You, anyone who supports civilization, anyone who is against radical Islamification, Islam, Islamism, all of the marches, all of the stuff, Sharia law being spread across the UK, we should be backing Israel. We really should, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Lewis, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. I'm going to have the last word as I am the presenter. Listen, I, I don't think anybody um, denies the fact that Israel can, can defend itself. What happened to Israel is absolutely terrible. But as Ofer Kassif says, the is, is Israel doing this is not helping Israel. All it's doing is actually creating more terrorists. Because if you go and kill 30,000 civilians, those relatives and those kids that grow up, um, they're, they're going to they're gonna turn, they're, they're tomorrow's terrorists. So I think actually what Israel is doing at the moment is counterproductive to its own peace and safety. But listen, Lois, um, I think we agree um, on mo more things overall than we disagree. Obviously on this one we disagree, but I respect your view. Thank you very much, Lois Perry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Thank you. Right. That was heated. <laughs> but, you know, this is what it's all about. Um, I do encourage um, um, listening to and hearing the, the views of others. I do respect what Lois is saying, and I do understand the arguments there. And, you know, there is some mileage in what she's saying um, as, as well. Um, but, you know, when you look at 30,000 civilians, mostly women and children that have been killed by bombs made in America, high-tech bombs, in order to defend Israel, it doesn't really add up. To, that's just my view. That's just my view. But anyway, we're going to go to a quick break now. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking to the voice of Wales. Stan and Dan will be with me. So don't go anywhere. Stick with us right here on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. If you tuned into one of the three major cable networks on Saturday night at 7 p.m. when the polls closed in South Carolina to see how long it would take for Donald Trump to be declared the winner, into one of the three major cable networks on Saturday night at 7 p.m. when the polls closed in South Carolina to see how long it would take for Donald Trump to be declared the winner, well, let's just say you better have been on time. The polls have now closed at 7 p.m. We are waiting to see whether we will have a call in one direction or another or a too early to call. That has been the case in a few of the contests we've had. And as you can see there, and I'm learning this as I see it on your screen myself, we do have a call. We have projected a winner at polls closing. That was MSNBC, CNN was even faster in calling the race. Polling places are about to close in South Carolina. Five seconds left in the GOP presidential primary fight between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. And right now, we can make a major projection. CNN projects that Donald Trump will win the South Carolina Republican primary, defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in her home state. And Fox News was just as quick. It is 7 p.m. here on the East Coast, and the polls are officially closed in the state of South Carolina. Good evening, I'm Brett Baer. And good evening, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum, live here at Fox News headquarters in New York for our special coverage 
of the South Carolina Republican primary. And the Fox News decision desk can now project that former President Donald Trump will win the state's GOP primary. Yes, all in all, a good night for Trump, very bad night for Nikki Haley in her own home state. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Even the mighty might not see it coming. It's pre-diabetes, and it captures one in three adults. But you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org. The conversation continues with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The conversation certainly does continue, and that was a pretty heated conversation there with Lois um, Perry from UKIP. She is obviously the front runner there. I've got, um, I respect um, Lois's views, um, and I understand, you know, she's out in Israel um, and she's got a certain view. I think it's important because I am seeing some comments in the live chat saying, What were you thinking, James? I'm assuming that that means what, why were you inviting Lois on? Look, if that was the, what you meant by that, it's important that we hear all sides of the debate, always. Free speech rules. This is how we get to the, um, you know, the, the real answers that we need to get to is by hearing all sides of the story. And then we let you decide. We let you decide. You hear our view and you hear the other view and then you get to decide. But anyway, let's move on. Um, I've got um, Voice of Wales, Stan and Dan with me now. Hello, guys. Hello, James. Morning. How are you both? Okay. Yes, very good. Very busy, but very good. Yeah. Did you did you hear the interview with Lois just then? No, so, we were still setting up. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll leave that one. Then I was going to ask you um, um, about what you thought, because um, of course, um, Stan, you're you're running for UKIP in Clefley, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 uh, my my view is this that. We've got lots of, uh, of, of uh, programs. Um, I've just listened to um, another show um, and Dan always goes at me for, for doing it because I, I listen to LBC. James O'Brien. <laughs> oh no. And, no, no, no. And, and they, they actually are talking about a prisoner exchange. Now words matter, James, because on one side of this argument, they are hostages. They are not prisoners of yeah. war. They are hostages. They've been brutally mm, yeah. taken, and 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 as far as I'm concerned, Israel should say no negotiations until those hostages are released. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I know yeah, that me and you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that, Stan. I don't think, but but I think it's all about proportionality. That was kind of what I was arguing with Lewis. I don't think it's right to bomb 30,000 civilians, um, mostly women and children, uh, in, in order to get at Hamas. I think they need to be more clever and actually protect the Palestinian people. But anyway, let's move on because we're going to talk about, let's start with Welsh Labour. I've had a bit of a run-in with um, someone called Alan Davies this morning. Um, he is a member of the Welsh Parliament. He's um, uh, a member of the Welsh Labour Party. And he's called all of us who support the farmers a bunch of cranks. What do you make of that, guys? 
We're used to the the name throwing and mudslinging, I suppose, but it's, you know, I I just don't know where these people get their information from. I don't know what they research and what they're told to form these opinions that they have. But, you know, these cranks that he calls them are the people who are pretty much keeping the whole economy going in Wales. And they should be more than grateful for the work that they do. You know, the we, I, I've spent time with farmers, you spent time with farmers, and the workload that they have... It's morning to night, every single day, seven days a week. So to call them cranks is just an insult. But it shows that's Welsh Labour for you, isn't it? Well, they weren't. They weren't calling that. They weren't calling the farmers cranks. Although Mark Drakeford did in the last two weeks, obviously, as you know, he did say, "Well, it's all your fault, the farmers, because you voted for Brexit." Totally ignoring the fact. Um, that Wales voted for Brexit. It wasn't, you know, and there's no evidence that farmers did vote for Brexit. So there's that. But uh, no, Alan Davies was calling anybody who supports the farmers, not the farmers themselves, are cranks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so so let's let's look at the very base of this. It's supposed to be about net zero. And if you go to anywhere in Europe where they've got polytunnels or they're actually growing vegetables or tomatoes or anything else, they are pumping into those uh, th- those uh, polytunnels CO2. Yeah. Th- because the plants thrive on yes. them. <laughs> yes. And so, and so <laughs> if there's anybody a crank on this argument, it's those idiots that want to put solar panels and wind panels in farmers' fields. That is a very, very good point. And I do know a little bit about the thing about that because I grow my own microgreens. Um, I haven't got CO2, but obviously I read up and you're absolutely right there. They do pump CO2 into these polytunnels in order to get better um, yields of crop. So, yep, yeah, Alan, if you're watching, you're an absolute balmy I don't know. Right. I can't swear on here. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, guys, obviously you're going to go to the um, the farmers' protest outside the Senate tomorrow. We're hearing that at least ten thousand farmers are going to be there, maybe more. Um, we're also going to have members of the public. What are you expecting? I mean, you, you've been down to the Cardiff Bay many, many times before. It is not that big. It's quite small. So it's going to yeah, be yeah. one hell of a um, a, a site, isn't it? Yeah, it's what I am picturing is I remember in the lockdown there was a big march and it was the gym owners from all over Wales and that was thousands of people and that was that was spectacular you know yeah. there was a spectacular sight because you know that people don't tend to really protest as much as they should but for these sorts of issues like the gyms being made as uh, essential there was they were out in their numbers thousands and thousands of people I think this is going to be bigger yeah I think it's going to really send a message. I do wonder if they're going to keep the politicians inside the Senate or if they're going to do it remote or something so they don't have to face it. But I know what I'm enjoying is that the Conservatives finally are coming out of that glass building and they're speaking to protesters. Now, that's unprecedented, to be honest, where the protesters are spoken to by the politicians. So I think this is a, a... a topic that they have to take seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my view on this, James, is that if you want to see what the farmers of the land are going to look like, look at the farmers of the sea. The Welsh fishermen and cockles have been decimated yeah. by the regulation and by the by the Senev. They've been decimated. In Swansea, uh, we're going to be doing a, an interview with them soon. They've not left Swansea Bay because there's no fish to fish in the Bristol Channel. It's gone. And, 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 and it's going to be the same on our farms. 
Yeah, no, it certainly is because, you know, this this um, sustainable farming scheme, which they're calling, which I, I would like to know who, who it's going to sustain because, you know, turning over 20% of farmers' land um, to wildlife and trees, I mean, it's all sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, it's also worth noting that farmers already support wildlife on their farms. But if you turn over 20%, that's 20% less land for rearing animals and food. So it's hardly sustainable. Um, even if you believe in, in, you know, in saving the climate and reducing CO2, that's 20% sent more imports that we've got to bring into the uk which have got to be shipped across the world so it makes absolutely no sense now guys um i think we're on the same page on this one um do you think this is the start of the undoing of welsh labor yes <laughs> i think this yes. you know coupled with the the 20 mile per hour you know there's so many things that welsh labor have done that slip under the radar you know people it's conspiracy theories until it's reality 20 mile per hour have hit people directly and the farmers, you know, just seeing all the tractors out on the field, it's, you know, grabs people's attention and people ask, what's this about? Yeah. I, I personally haven't seen a movement as big as the farmers and yeah. what we're seeing all over social media now at all. You know, even in Brexit locally, you couldn't get that, even though the majority of people voted Brexit in Wales, yeah. you couldn't get that many people together. But this yeah. is massive. When, when a policy starts with sustainable, you need to run. Because because it's, it's the communist mantra of telling you that everything's good when everything is the opposite. Yeah. When I was in the Soviet Union, I saw a, t a TV program and it showed uh, the farm uh, uh, um, uh, oh, harvesting the corn and the wheat, and it and it was day and night. And I spoke to somebody and I said, "The, the, the TV says that it's going to be plentiful," and they said, "No," <laughs> and, and that's just it. <laughs> You know that they're, yeah. they're, they're they're feeding you a line, and it's a lie. Mm. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, Labour at the moment are just sticking their fingers in their ears. They're still in their name calling phase, which, which is. <sighs> It's crazy, really, because we've seen the scenes over the last couple of weeks after Mark Drayford insulted all the farmers. I cannot believe Alan Davis has done it as well. But the backdrop to all of this, of course, is the upcoming elections for the leadership of Welsh Labour. Mark Drakeford, of course, is standing down. Um, I think Vaughan Gething, um, the talk certainly that I'm hearing is that he's going to win that contest. What do you make of Vaughan Gething? Do you think that he um, is any more popular than Mark Drakeford at the moment? No, no. The, the majority of Wales don't know who Mark Drakeford is. You know, so to bring in, you know, a number two is, yeah. again, nobody's going to really know who he is. I don't think he's going to be more popular. He's he's, he's basically a, a, the same person reincarnated in me. Yeah, Kim Jong-un would be more popular than <laughs> than, than, than Gethin or Miles. Yeah. And, and Gethin, um, I'm being quite blunt now, uh, one of his posts was that if he's elected, he's going to be the first black leader in the Western Europe. Yeah. So he's going on the race card. And, and then Jeremy Miles, uh, I read somewhere. Yeah, I sent it to you, the link, and he's going to be the first gay leader. And he's going to be the first homosexual leader. So, so, so. <laughs> so, so. And we, we just want a leader. We, we, want, we want a this is, leader. Yeah, I know. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's it's crazy. Like, That's crazy. So so this is a this is the alphabet gang coming out right. and saying, which, which letter of the alphabet do you want to vote for instead of actually 
you know, we want a credible leader in Wales. Um, we don't want this riffraff. We've got, um, of course, and Vaughan Gething um, was on TV in the last week, actually, and he was asked what he would do again uh, based upon his experience of COVID. And do you know what he said? He said, well, I would lock down harder and sooner. I think that says everything we need to know about Labour. They haven't learned anything over the past few years and they're continuing to stick their fingers in their ears. Um, guys, sadly, we have run out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Obviously, I'll catch up with you both in um, Cardiff Bay tomorrow for that farmers protest. Um, so, yeah, let's hope they do come out and we see thousands, tens of thousands of people on the streets in Cardiff. Um, Voice of Wales, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Dan and Stan. Thank you. Thank you. Right, okay, so I'm going to be at the protest tomorrow. Um, hopefully we'll be getting a live update from me from Cardiff Bay. So make sure you tune in tomorrow and don't go anywhere now. Stay with us right here on TNT. Mm -hmm.